Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Stephen Fan. He is founder at Comeback Daily. We're going to talk about the world of cannabis, and particularly the world of cannabis in New York. Uh, Obviously, a lot of fun, interesting things happening in the East Coast with New York and New Jersey. And I'm kind of curious to see what, you know, Stephen's take is on the world, given that he's been in the cannabis side for quite a while, both on the production, retail. We're going to talk about his kind of approach. Excited for this. I think there's a lot of interesting things happening in the world of CBD, obviously in the world of kind of the East Coast and the New York market. Excited to have this conversation. So with that, Stephen, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Bruce. Very exciting yeah. to be on the show. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure. So before we kind of dive into what you're doing today, give us a little of the backstory. How did you get into cannabis? What was the, uh, was the journey you've been on? Give us some background. Yeah, this is definitely a part of the story that I'm, I'm used to sharing, but it kind of goes back to, you know, my teenage years. Yeah. I was experimenting with alcohol, actually, at the time. Uh, I know there's a lot of conversation about the gateway, you know, yeah. substance. So alcohol for me, I'm first generation Vietnamese Chinese, right? So I have this 
some people call it intolerance, the Asian glow, or um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like allergic to it. I don't know really how else to describe it, but I get, I get an anaphylactic reaction. So my breathing kind of gets um, interrupted there. And then I get hives, I get all red and it's just, it's just really uncomfortable. So, um, you know, having experimented with that through the high school, early high school years, I couldn't quite figure it out at the time. I didn't know I was allergic. People just kept saying like, oh, you're a smaller guy. You're probably a lightweight. You need less, you know, like a smaller shot. But no matter how we tailored it down, I would I would have the same reaction, right? And so I, I mentioned the gateway thing earlier because at a pretty young age, you know, not being around the right people, I turned to other substances very early, got myself pretty deep into that till about... 16, 17 years old, I went to a wilderness treatment program, right, for substance abuse. And this was truly one of the best things that could have happened to me, the wilderness treatment program. It really, really helped me. You know, I learned to respect nature on a level that, you know, a lot of a lot of people who haven't experienced something like that can't can't really understand. And so after after treatment, that process was about two and a half years. And what, what happened is I finished treatment, came back home. You know, at that time, I'm 19 years old. California is still in its medical state, okay? And my parents took it very hard that I decided to reintroduce cannabis into my life. And I think this is when the fight to, to change the misinformation and the misunderstanding surrounding the plant really became a heartfelt mission, right? You know, to describe what it was like to finish treatment and, and kind of have people look at you in the same light again, you know, it put me in a very dark place. I tried to take my own life at 19 years old before I moved out to New York. And I, I always tell the story, you know, the first thing I realized when I was in the hospital is, you know, as much as we fought myself and my parents over weed, you know, they were the first people I wanted to see when I came to consciousness or whatever you want to call it. And the second thing I realized was like, Everything that my parents, you know, raised me to be and wanted to instill in me is in me. Now that I've gone through treatment and kind of cleared my mind, what they built as a foundation is is definitely there. And I didn't want cannabis to be a reason that we are not able to connect. So I left mm -hmm. to New York. A lot of people laugh because they're like, what's your dream? I'm like, oh, my dream is to be in cannabis. And they're like, why are you in New York? You, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. you should go back. And, um, you know, without getting in too in-depth into it with people, it was, it was really from a story. It was really from, like, having to reset my life. Yeah. Right? And so that was, that was my initial, initial experience that caused me to, to really fight for this and make it a mission so that, you know, no one else feels what I felt, whether it be from family, friends, colleagues, you know, we need to change the, the stigma associated with this. Yeah. And that, yeah, that, that pretty much sums up, you yeah. know, what, what created this, this fire within me to not only change my parents' minds, but to, to learn how to shape this conversation in a way that we could change others' minds throughout the world. So I'm curious, what, what was it about in the sort of the conversation, the discussion, the disagreement with your parents around this? What was it that you found so important to bring cannabis back into your life? And why were they so concerned or against that? Like, give me, give me some nuance of really what this was about for you. Yeah. So, you know, I think also being a, a step parent now, I can, I can kind of see things from both sides. But yeah. 
it was what's happened was they lumped all the drugs together, right? So mm -hmm. for some that that kind of separate it, you know, I, I know a lot of people talk about marijuana, cannabis as a as a medicine, as a plant medicine. They don't consider it, right? But my parents, being immigrants from Vietnam and and not really understanding this culture, they lumped all the drugs together. So it was a very, you know, I always say I blame myself for compounding this argument that I was trying mm -hmm. to, you know, because yeah. at, on one hand I was like, oh, weed, weed helps me, you know, you guys don't understand it, and I, I let it escalate to the point of you know where you, you it's not it's not okay and yeah. so i understand now that it was it was it made it even tougher for them to separate now like okay there's there's one of these things that may be okay out of all these things that we know mm -hmm. is very bad for you right and so how, how would you have done it differently you know like I if think, you were to go back to that time and have that discussion you know i think what it is is I, I wouldn't have done anything differently because yeah. I understand that this is such a deep seated issue, right? That's, that's rooted in years and years of upbringing, right? Also in a different mm -hmm. country, you know, in, in California where I grew up, you, you can get caught with marijuana. I can get caught with cannabis as a kid and they tell me to, you know, break my, my pipe or whatever your smoking paraphernalia. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking to parents who came from a third world country and drugs can, you know, achieve the death penalty, the mind wandering off to that is, is, is off limits. Yeah, really, it's, it's you, you, I can't even imagine what it's like to be in their shoes, and, and grow up with this, you know, these regulations where you can really lose your life for this, and then yeah. come to a country and see their son doing it. And I'm like, hey, it's not a big deal. You got to relax. You know, and yeah. when I was younger, it was very hard for me to understand this concept and, and this situation from both sides. But as like I said, as a parent now, I, I see it much more clearly. Mm -hmm. and I can see and understand that, you know, there, it's not just about, oh, you need to understand now. You have to also get past the, the layers of misinformation and misunderstanding and propaganda by different, many different channels, whether it be family, yeah. whether it be government. So you moved to New York and decide that that's that's where you're going to get involved in cannabis. How did this play out? Like, where did you get started? Where did you see the opportunity? Give us a sense of the early days. Yeah, the early days. You know, I was I moved here. I was 19 years old. I remember the most common question I would get from people is, "Hey, do you miss home?" And mm -hmm. my honest answer was like, "I mean, it, it's a city. You know, it's a city too here. So I really just miss yeah. my weed. I miss yeah. being able to go to a <laughs> store and, uh -huh. and have you know such open access that you can." choose products that fit your goal right mm -hmm. you know that was the first time i'd learned like sativa they said oh if you eat this bar it has cannabis that will help increase your energy right mm -hmm. but also we've combined it with high energy legumes and nuts and and mm -hmm. oats right so you're getting a really healthy like that's i'll never forget that i was maybe like 17 years old and, you know, we all had our medical prescriptions. You know, I don't want to talk mm -hmm. about how that happened, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all had <laughs> different, them. Different podcast. Yeah. We all had them. We all went in. And it was, you know, I'll never forget because, you know, that moment of saying like, hey, if you need to stay awake and you don't want to be so tired and lazy, try this. And I'll never forget that because that was the first time in my life I said, whoa, you can actually change or control like how you're going to kind of feel from these things. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, I moved to New York, 19 years old. I missed telling everyone I miss weed. Well, it was my mission to really just find more weed smoker friends, 
especially mm-hmm. with my, you know, my history in the past, I tried to definitely stay away from that, that lifestyle and, and not, you know, subject myself and get caught back up in it. So I was really looking for cannabis friends. Now, how did I do that? Right. 2014, you found a lot of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, if you've been following the beat, there's, there used to be organizations like High and Y or mm-hmm. uh, Canna yep. Gather. Yeah. So, you know, these guys, High and Y, Mike Zaitev, Josh from Canna Gather, Lulu yep. and Jacoby from Revel, right? Yep. All these meetups, I mean, they were, they were crucial to my success because I chased those things. I mean, when, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, you, 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 you find marijuana, you chase the high. Well, I found marijuana and I chased the knowledge. I chased the experience <laughs> from these people, you know, and, and I really say it all the time. Like I was lucky that I moved from California, had a slight advantage in understanding the culture and, and the market, and then combining that with true thought leaders in the community, you know, listening to what they have to teach, listening to the experiences they have to share, and just mm-hmm. soaking that all up. And what got me really started was once I started going to these meetings, I realized like, I kind of want to show people that like, I'm serious about creating a business, whatever it may be. So I started out with t-shirts. When I moved from California, mm-hmm. I used to collect weed shirts. So you know, you see like Canal Street, like the McDonald's logo, and it says over 1 billion stoned or like, uh-huh. or yeah, uh-huh. like I love those shirts. And people used to know me, like they travel to Thailand, they pick me up like an $8 shirt. And I had like a Dr. <laughs> Seuss one. I had all these different joke ones. And being 19 in New York, I was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta change this up. You can't just walk around the city where there's stop and frisk, where it's still highly yeah. illegal. And just yeah. think you can, you can, you know, boast about marijuana like that when you're trying to figure out, yeah, you're going to get stopped. Yeah. You're going to get stopped. So I gave birth to Quad Deuce Nil. Quad Deuce Nil was my alias once my parents understood what 420 meant. <laughs> yeah, you uh-huh. already picked it up, huh? Quad Deuce yeah. Nil was the Latin way of hiding it. So, you know, once once mom and dad picked up on 420, I had to now hide it. And I also then used that as my alias to continue to display my love for pot. Mm-hmm. You know, I created t-shirts with it. One of our favorite designs to date was a playoff of the Reefer Madness cover, and it has legalized it, but it's in the phonetic spelling, like uh, like when you're learning English, right? So anyone learning English could look at that and be like, "Oh, legalize it." <laughs> uh huh. Right. So I love it. it's always about like how do we spin this in a way to keep the conversation going, and in a way that's not like I smoke weed, I'm gonna blow smoke in your face, and you should learn to accept it. That's yeah. that's young Steve, right? That's yeah. not the way to do it. It's not how you're going to change mom and dad's minds. Mm-hmm. And so cannabis, I mean, quad deuce nil was, you know, that was my, that was my first step, my first baby step into the thing, showing people that I have these t-shirts and, and selling them and telling them about the story. And then from the t-shirts, what was really awesome was we started to do kind of underground events. I guess, you know, if you're, if you're reflecting back on the prohibition days, you'd, you'd, it's similar to like a smoke easy or whatever. And my primary focus was to create not just like a come buy weed event, but come experience weed, come experience it how I experienced it and, you know, touch it, maybe try an extraction with a rosin press. We did one event that was so cool. We, we timed it with a, a grow. And so they uh-huh. brought untrimmed cannabis. And part of the ticket was I gave you a glass jar with your eighth untrimmed. And then I set up a trim station for people to come try it. And, you know, trimming an eighth, it's an experience. Uh-huh. Trimming pounds, that's, uh, you got to pay me for that. 
That's like <laughs> hours and hours of work, man. Oh my gosh. But it's just so no, cool totally to true. be able to, I, it's funny because some people are like, wait, like we trim it ourselves and then they're doing it and they're like, oh, this is so cool. Like I never knew, you know, this is what it takes to get to the butt. And those moments are, are beautiful to me. Like I'll tell you right now, I'm growing my first plants where it's not like a friend's, you know, grow and I'm helping. Like these, mm-hmm. these plants are in front of me. I need to make sure every I is dotted and T's are crossed. Right. And mm-hmm. You hear me say to my team right now, Bruce, I'm like, dude, guys, growing weed is tough. And mm-hmm. to grow and get this top shelf cannabis that people talk about and appreciate, it is not easy. And yeah. and it makes me appreciate the plant more because it's like people say, oh, it's just a weed. It just grows out of the ground. But to achieve the level at which we expect as consumers, it's very difficult. Yeah. It's like saying like, oh, it's easy to play soccer. You just kick a ball around the field. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very, a, very, very different than, really <laughs> than the top professional soccer players, like how, how well they can do this and how nuanced it is. Yeah. yeah. So we just did those events, continue to really... You know, I if I could share some of the, the sentiments that I heard from attendees, because, you know, it's multiple vendors at some of these events. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes if we're not organizing it, we, we always love to be active and meeting the different communities. And you would hear like, hey, you know, the, the, the customer would ask a question about, you know, like, what's a THC percentage? Why is this this? Why is this that? Yep. And you'd hear very often like, oh, go go talk to the Asian kid. They, they like they know their, <laughs> they know their stuff. You could go ask them. Those two right there. And yeah, I I think that's what was what, you know, show the community that like, yeah, it's more than just like you're going to make a a billion dollars off the green rush. It's about like really growing our community. It's about sharing the new ways to experience it and sharing it in a way that doesn't, you know, like I'm not giving gram dabs to people for the first time. We're giving very small, Uh small just so they can appreciate the flavor. And, you know, when you see them take their first dab and you don't overdo it, it's it's amazing. It's like when someone drinks a really good wine. That's how I look at it. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. I'm curious, uh, when, when did you feel like you, be, you went from a kind of a consumer of cannabis knowledge to a provider of cannabis knowledge? I think once I moved to New York and I would go to these meetups, right? And I just, I would just get that feedback from people. You know, they just loved how passionate I was about explaining it. Because, you know, once, once I started to understand that it was going to be a, become a part of my life forever, you know, um, I, did, I did consciously, like, understand that. And that was shortly after I moved to New York, you know, like, a lot of people, a lot of people wondered why I would leave home because, you know, the, the Asian way... Well, I'll say for, for me, the Vietnamese Chinese way is really like provide everything, you know, for you mm-hmm. so that you don't have to struggle like your parents did when they immigrated here. And, and that's a that's a big way of life. And so I told my I remember my mom would ask, like, how do you just live in like such a small place in New York? Right. Of all mm, places. And I'm like, luxury to you is having your house. Luxury to me is us not fighting and me having my bong right on my coffee table. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone's different world. definition of wealth and happiness is going to be different. And for me, it was like, you know, for 19 years of my life, just butting heads with them over a plant, I finally wanted it to, to stop. And that to me was worth more than being in a luxury apartment with a doorman or anything. Yeah. To just yeah. not fight about it. Yeah. So where do you go from there? So you, you're you're developing these events. You're you know helping really engage the community. You're yeah. learning about the products. So 
you know, you fast forward a little bit. I'm working nine to five. I'm working for the family. We're doing seafood trade, global seafood trade. Um, we're trading commodity seafood. My family is vertically integrated in aqua in the seafood business. So we are we have uh, we're involved in retail, distribution, import, export, and aquaculture in Vietnam. So you know, I was doing that as my nine to five. While I was doing that, I started to moonlight as director of sales for another company, a manu- CBD manufacturer, and I was I was actually servicing people virtually. But they kept asking to come into a place, Bruce. They kept saying, like, hey, can I come meet you? But I'm selling uh. fish in a cubicle as I'm talking to them on the internet, right? So I can't exactly say, <laughs> exactly. come there's here. Come, yeah, there's nowhere to meet. And, you know, um, the, the gentleman just had an office. They're focused on manufacturing. So I saw the opportunity. You know, I, I wouldn't sit here and tell you, like, I dreamed about it for days and years on end. I, I saw the opportunity. I had, you know... I remember three to four consistent days of about 10 to 12 people wanting to come in to see someone face to face. And that's when I, I took the leap. I said, you know what, this, this is something I can do. I've been, I've been doing this to my mom and dad for years and years and years. I can do this, you know, for CBD with customers. Like I, I feel confident that I can not only design the store in a way that's, that's, you know, welcoming to all different mm-hmm. walks of experience. But like, I know how to word it, you know, because I've had to figure out like, how do I change how we talk about this to my mom and dad? And I just translate everything to CBD. And also, mm-hmm. because I was so, you know, passionate about understanding, like the cannabis that I was consuming, you know, when dabs came out, I was, I, you know, I paid very close attention to it, the processes. I always looked up how it was made so I could really understand it. And mm-hmm. all that knowledge transfers to CBD. It was crazy. Like yeah. when I started to see it come out, like, you know, right? You know, yeah. d- butane extraction, CO2 extraction, d- uh, lipid infusion. Like I was like, dude, this is all the same. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like when the sales so, so, guys it, come the- in, give me the pitch. I'm like, dude, I, I like, really understand this. Like I'm, I'm definitely no science major, but I know what you're going to say before you say it. <laughs> i love it i love it and so what so how has this played out for you i mean you so you've been focused on the cbd area how has that kind of allowed you to you know kind of implement your purpose or what you want to be doing in the industry how does this play out going forward i mean uh, you know new york is now you know we're we're somewhat somewhat getting ready for you know adult use in in new york new jersey's come out with draft regulations yep where do you see this playing out for yourself so, you know, it's been it's been an awesome journey. Like I said, you know, I didn't picture myself in CBD because my, my, my eyes were set on the THC market, but mm-hmm. it was a true blessing in disguise because I got to understand how to now not just introduce someone to hemp, right? But I'm introducing them to this world of cannabis. I say the world of cannabis because if you notice, you know, what's what's trending in the market. We started off with CBD, right? And then mm-hmm. you know about Delta 8? I'm sure you know about Delta 8. Yep. Yeah. Delta yep. 8 has taken off, right? And when I know people have different opinions on it, but when I'm looking at, you know, you, t- you put the business aside, you, you look at it as a movement, right? At this cannabis yep. movement. What you see is baby steps leading up to THC. Can you visualize like CBD, mm-hmm. Delta 8? You know, I have one gentleman come in you know, older, older, older customer probably works corporate and he comes in, he wants CBD gummies. He said, I heard this is great for relaxation. I want to try it. So I said, Hey, you Mm -hmm. know, 
there's a new thing, Delta 8. Maybe you're not ready mm -hmm. for it now, but I just want to educate all our customers, make sure you know what's out there. I describe it to him. If weed is like hard liquor, this is maybe like a beer. He loved mm -hmm. it. He says, this is legal? I said, yeah. I was like, you smoke pot? Yeah. He said, no, 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 no. It's just legalized. Once like things are really legal, maybe I'll be ready. So yeah. there's this like there's this population of us that are really by the book, you know, and, mm -hmm. and just really want to stick by that. But I love that, you know, in the 31 years that I've been alive, we're now seeing smaller baby steps to get you introduced and understanding the world of cannabis and how it can help us. Because something mm -hmm. I say a lot is like, I don't want us, you know, you, me or, or the people hearing this to be in a situation where death is looking at us in the face. And then we say, oh, you know what? I'm willing to try anything, right? How common is yeah. it with weed? Yeah. Oh, they had cancer and we just said, screw it. And like, we're yep. smarter than that. We have the information yeah. in front of us. We have anecdotal evidence. And so it's it's about shaping it the right way for different cultures to digest and, and finding a way to, to really like resonate that. And so we've had amazing support, you know, starting as an activist and then opening my business. I had the full support of the community. You know, we've hosted all these different organizations, worked with them and continue to, to forge, you know, great relationships with them. And the goal was ultimately to show everyone, show city officials, so our, show our communities and our current customers that, hey, New York is about to legalize and we've been doing things with you in mind and we will continue to do that. And we want opportunity to do so. Yeah. And I mean, what are the big kind of things you've noticed around impact that you've had? I mean, you mentioned the the, the story with the Delta Eight, but what what else do you see in terms of ways in when you, which we've been able to impact the community and and serve people you know that are interested in cannabis? Oh, it's it's been in so many different ways, Bruce. You know, um, I think the things that jump out at me when you ask that question is really the moments in which I'm able to help family members understand this better for themselves. And sometimes it's not just CBD, you know, it's also THC. Um, I've, I've worked with families who just got diagnosed with cancer and I'm yeah. sharing information with them about, you know, uh, Rick Simpson oil or the, the, the more stronger methods of, of treatment. And mm -hmm. so, you know, things like that stick out. Like I'll even share an example. There's a um, family from Alabama she came in with her grandkids and, you know, they're very, very conservative. The grandkids were the ones that were like coming in to explore things. And yeah. when I asked grandma, I said, you want to, you want me to explain it? She said, no, honey, I don't, I don't, it's not for me. You know, the kids want to see it. So I followed them in here, but I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need it. And mm -hmm. I saw she sat down and kept like, you know, uh, soothing her ankle with her hand. Mm hmm. And her grandkids tried the tincture. You know, we sample everything in the store because CBD for once isn't going to mess you up. Anyone can try it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to put it in your body, then let me put it on your body. Mm -hmm. You know? And so <laughs> she, she tried it. I, got, I came over. I said, look, let me just, you know, let's put some on your ankle and see how you feel. Before she left, she's like, hey, can we put some more on before I, I go for the day? And I said, of course. Good. Because, you know, it's not, I said it all the time. For my store and my my staff, I preach. It's we're really we're really not selling CBD. We're guiding people through the world of CBD. Mm -hmm. The sale the sale is going to happen because it actually works. You know, because I can show you an endocannabinoid system. I can show you CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors that interact with these cannabinoids, and that that's like that's special to me. Yeah, that's great. 
That's great. Stephen, if people want to find out more about you, more about the business, what's the best way to get that information? You can catch me at fan underscore man on Instagram. You can also check us out, the CBD store, uh, Comeback Daily on Instagram. And also find us online at www.comebackdaily.co. Great. I'll make sure all those are in the show notes so people can get that information. Stephen, thank you so much for time taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate you having me on the show. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.